0: hallelujah. You know, I am. wow. Think about God and his goodness. Think about what he's done for me. And to think about that if I was the only one, he would have done it for me still. He's no respecter of persons. And when I, when I get in my sermon this morning, it's, it's talk about a good soldier. How I many wants to be a good soldier? You know we're all soldiers in the kingdom of God. We've been um, recruited for his service. And, you know, we need to act like good soldiers. We need to do what we're supposed to do. Um, Praise the Lord. You know, I I just I wanna I'll get into that in a minute because some of what I get in be that. I just can't get ahead of myself. And, you know, it's funny, Robert. On on Mondays, Robert does a little editing and kind of does a little synopsis of my sermon to put out there so you can get a quick little thing. And we were watching it Monday, and he's like, "You about stepped in it right there, didn't you?" And I said, "Yeah, I did." sometimes I go ahead and do it and sometimes I get, I, I, I get the check and I stop <laughs> but, but you know what we got we to gotta be truthful for what the word of God says and we got to say it you know we don't want to hurt nobody but we want to say what God's word says so we're going to be in 2 Timothy the second chapter and um, as we go along what Darren was looking at my notes he said this is going to be a three week sermon and I said well I don't know maybe so maybe not the good thing is we have the freedom to do what god says to do we're not blocked in second timothy the second chapter and i'm going to read the first through the eighth verses to start out with in the new living translation it says timothy my dear son be strong through the grace that god gives you in christ jesus now he's first off starts to be strong Amen? And what are we supposed to be strong in? Through the grace that God's given us. That's what we're strong We're not strong in ourselves and in who we are or who we were or who we may be. But we're strong in the grace given by Jesus Christ. That's where our strength comes from. And, and, and so, you know, there, there's an, like, it's kind of like an authority. And soldiers have an authority, right? Given by the government or by their commander or by whatever. And, and so we're given that authority in Christ Jesus. And we need to be strong in that. That's what we depend on. That's what we know we've got to do what we've got to do. Amen? It says, you have ter- heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. I don't know why he used that word. Trustworthy. He's saying, preach it. Preach it to people that's going to grab hold to it. There are certain things that you might not want to say to everybody, but you say it to people that you know, amen, are trustworthy. You know will, will, will take it. Who will be able to pass them on to others. In other words, people who would grab that and pass it on to others, not just, I got that and I'm going to keep it to myself. No. We're to be mouthpieces to the world. We're to be what Christ has called us to touch the world and those around us. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. In other words, when it's happening, a good soldier endures. Soldiers don't get tied up. And I love this way it puts it in here. It says, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. So if we get, listen, if we as Christians get tied up in this world, And what happens and how it works and everything else. We can't please the one who enlisted us. In other words, we need to be more engrossed and tied up in him and what his word says and what he has us doing than in the world. And what happens a lot of times is we let the things of the world, not that we have to, I mean, we have jobs, we have things we have to do. But we don't have to get, they don't have to overtake us. They don't have to be what we always focus on, right? We do that, but, we, but if we're, we're focused, I believe, if we're focused and we're pleasing God, then he'll give us the grace to do what we got to do outside of what he's got us in, outside of the Christian realm. So don't get tied up. In other words, don't get so tied up in there you can't do what you're supposed to be doing. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. God has ways we're to walk in. And unless we walk in those ways, we won't get to the prize. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Christ Jesus, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news that I preached, that I preached. Jesus was raised from the dead. That solidified him as the only true God. That solidified him as the Savior. He was raised from the dead. You know what? When we accept Christ, we're raised with him. Amen? We're raised with him. So this is the good news that I preach. He said, this is what I'm talking about, guys. I'm talking about life in Jesus. I'm talking about a resurrection from that old life to a new life. This is what I'm talking about. In other words, he said, listen, this is what I preach. Listen to what I preach. And then he goes on, but I'm going to switch over to the message. 2 Timothy 2, 8, 9. Fix this picture firmly in your mind. Jesus descended from the line of David raised from the dead it's what you've heard from me all along it's what i'm sitting in jail for right now but god's word isn't in jail you can lock me up but you can't lock the word of god up you can lock me up but you can't lock up what christ is doing amen he said i'm sitting in jail for that reason but god's word still goes forth Because you can't lock up God's Word. You can't imprison it. You can't lock it up. You can't tie it up. You can't throw it away because it is good. It is the Word of God, and it goes on and on and on. And there'll always be someone to carry it on. So that's what he's saying. Look, I might be in jail, but you keep preaching that Word. Keep preaching what I've been preaching. No matter that I'm here, right, it carries on and on and on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, that is, God's word is just powerful and it's awesome. I keep wanting to come to this, and I'm going to come to this in a minute, but I just want to say one thing about this because I'll talk about this in being a good soldier. We got to keep preaching the word, we got to get our mouths in gear. And there are times that are tough, and then I hear all these people and all these Christians and all these people, oh, God, are we going to make it through it? Yes, we are. I don't know how, but my, my trust is not in this earth. It's not in a government. It's not in the gas we have or don't get. My faith is in Christ, and he will make a way for me to go forward. Amen? Somebody said this morning we would ride a horse. If it's riding a horse, yes. Mike, get them ready. I told them I could see Mike and Ruby coming up here on their little chariot. God will make a way. He always does. He always has. Amen. So this morning I want to talk to you on how to become a good soldier. How many of you want to be a good soldier? Most of you. Some of you don't. But that's okay. Somebody just won't recognize it. You want me to think you're already a good soldier? And I hope we all are. But we're going to talk about how do we do this. What things do we do? And there's some terminology in here that's military. And I got some of that from, um, I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, he's a chaplain. Or was, I think he's retired now. He was a chaplain in the Army. You know, the, what's his name? Downing. Chaplain Downing. And he was at um, Fort Jackson in Columbia. And He was the chaplain. And, he, you know, I got some of this terminology from him. So how to become a good soldier? It's very important, especially right now, especially all the time. But right now, you know, uh, uh, there's battles that are being fought. First thing is you have to change your mental state. Do you ever been around soldiers, a true soldier? They think different, right? They think different than we do. And they are very um, disciplined for the most part. I don't know about now, but they always have been. You know, a superior officer walks in a room and immediately, um, and I always thought this was exciting to me. I tried to go into the Air Force before I was old enough by myself and my parents said, no, you're going to finish school first. And so I did. And then I didn't go in. But um, I um, it might have been because that was at the end of the Vietnam War and they didn't want me going over there. It shows you how young I am. But that always amazed me. And, 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 and y'all remember, a, those of you all remember a little show called Gomer Pyle, USMC? Well, he went in the Marines. And you remember Sergeant Carter, those of you who remember, he was a little short, bull-faced guy. Well, my uncle, who's gone on to be with Jesus now, he was a lieutenant colonel in the Marines. He was a um, squadron leader of a helicopter squad or whatever. And when he'd come home for Christmas, he was married to my mom's sister. You know, that was a big show at that time, and he would line us up against the wall. I thought it was so cool. He would make us stand at attention. He said, spread your feet 45 degrees, and then he showed us how to salute. And he would scream at us just like, he used to be a DI at Paris Island, too. And he would scream at us just like Sergeant Carter. And we thought that was so cool. It was, it was awesome. You know, we got Sergeant Carter standing right here in the living room. But, you know, they had to be like that. They had to teach them to be tough in battle. When things were tough, they couldn't be. And I understand things aren't like that now, and I'm I'm sad because they can't even teach them to be what they should. So you got to change your mental status. So when you become a Christian and a soldier in God's army, you have to change the way you think. You can no longer think like the world used to think. You can no longer think like you used to think, Right? So Romans 12, 2 in the New Living says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Did you know God's will for you is perfect? It's good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. It'll keep you happy, right? It'll keep you happy. Settled when you know that you're doing his will, you know, you're in. You know, when you're right, it you feel like you, you know, there's times when you're like, I just know I'm right in the will of God, things might be exploding around me, but I'm right where God wants me to be, I'm right where he wants me to be, I'm right in the position that he wants me to be, I'm right where I should be. That gives you peace, that gives you pleasure. Amen. It, 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 you're right in that place. Like I said, everything around you might not be perfect, but His will is perfect in your life. And that's how you keep peace. That's how you keep your head right in the midst of all this. So, as we um, talk about this, I want to read 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter again, in verse 3 and 4 in the Passion says, overcome every form of evil as victorious soldier of Jesus, the anointed one. You notice he says every evil, which means the suffering and all this stuff. It says, for every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. Oh, other words, you've got to separate yourself. From the distractions of this world. You gotta separate yourself from the things that would distract you from carrying out your purpose in Christ, from being the soldier that you should be. You've got to divorce yourself from it. Divorce, you know, divorce is a legal contract that so he's saying you gotta turn around, walk away from it. You gotta divorce yourself from the distractions of this world. Yes, are they distract there are distractions in this world? Yes. But you don't have to get in there with them. You don't have to allow them to pull you away. You want to to keep in that perfect will of God. You want to keep in that place, no matter what's going on. And you can't, it's not that you don't see it and you don't pay attention, but you cannot focus on it. If you begin to focus on those distractions, on those things that's going on, you will totally get out of the will of God and you will not be where you should be. Could you imagine, my uncle used to tell us stories about, could you imagine being in a foxhole, maybe for two or three days, the things that happened. He, he told us some about this, and they had to make sure that those distractions going around them did not keep them from their purpose. He tells a story about, I don't know if you ever heard it, they used to have them at zoos with the big old Rats. In Vietnam, they're huge. I've seen, they used to have one at Myrtle Beach at one of those places. Well, he talked about them things, getting in that foxhole with them. When there's war going on, he said, we couldn't, couldn't do anything. He said, but we had knives and we could take care of them. But could you imagine had to stay in there with you? I mean, I'm just thinking about that's a distraction. But they didn't get their mind off of what they were supposed to do. And that's what we have to do. When the, when the enemy sends stuff in the to fight told with you, you've got to keep your mind on what you're supposed to be doing. On the focus, on the duty, on the will, on the thing that you're supposed to be doing. We, um, so if every soldier called to active duty must divorce himself from the distractions of this world so that he may fully satisfy the one who chose him. So we can't let the distractions of this world overcome us, overtake us, and be all we focus on. Because if we do, we'll never get, you know, it's the same thing as if driving down the road. If you, all the distractions that are out there now when you're driving down the road, if you focus on them, you're going to be in an accident of some type. Because they're all over the place. Now, you keep your eyes open because there are distractions that will try to get you. And you know what? A lot of the distractions will aggravate you. Like when somebody stops at a roundabout and looks both ways and sits there for five minutes and there's not a car anywhere. Like, that's the purpose of the roundabout, so you don't have to stop. I have to keep my eyes off of that because I can get distracted. So <laughs> we got to keep our eyes off of those distractions. In the Amplified, 2 Timothy 1, seven says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-controlled. You can't have it. So it brings to the next thing. You can't have it your way and be a good soldier. You can't have everything your way. You can't have everything the way you want to do it and be a good soldier. you got to do it the way God wants you to do it. Amen? You can't have it your way all the time. You can't. So, so we have to get that sound mind, and that means we have the mind of Christ, and we do what he says to do. It's, it, it's, and I want, Before I say, make my next statement, I want to say this. I hear this a lot, and if I heard it from you, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to tell your name. <laughs> we try to put our stuff, our responsibility on God. When I hear somebody, and please don't get me wrong, but when I hear somebody constantly like, "Oh God, make me do the right thing," well, I want to tell you something. He will not make you do the right thing, right? It's you have a free will what we need to be saying is Lord help me understand right I know what the right thing to do is help me understand God's not going to make you do the right thing oh Lord just make me a better person well he's not going to do that he's already given you what you need to be a better person he's given you Jesus Christ he's put his spirit inside of you he's given you and I left my Bible sitting there he's given you the word of God amen amen He's given you God's Word. That's, that's, all, that's what we need. And while we're on this earth, that's all we need. We need Him and the Spirit of God enforcing what the Word says. And so my next statement is this. It's your responsibility to read the manual and transform your way of thinking. Do you know that's your responsibility? It's not your What's that it used to be a song? It's not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, oh, Lord. You say standing in of prayer. But I don't say it's not my brother, it's not my sister, it's not my wife, it's not my uncle, it's not Robert, it's not Horace. It's, it's I'm the one that's responsible for reading God's Word and changing the way I think and acting upon it. It's my responsibility. Well, if Pat, it, It's not. <laughs> hear me when I say this. Wow, there's just so much hear me when I say this stuff today. It's not my responsibility to make you think the way you should think. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, but you're the pastor. You're supposed to preach. To, and that's right, and I do. I try to preach it the best way, but you've got to take it and transform your way of thinking. I can tell you all kinds of things, but if you don't pay any attention, anybody in here got kids? Did you not try to tell them stuff? Did they always just do it? No. And then it, well, you didn't tell me the right thing. It's what they did with it. It's what you take and what you do with it, right? Ooh, Lord. Robert, there's a lot of stuff I could step into today. (laughs) Listen, think about that. Think about your kids and what you try to put into them and what comes out. It's not your responsibility. You can't make them do the right thing. You can pump it into them. You can do everything but drill a hole and pour it in them. And that wouldn't do any good either. Just kill them. But... but you put what you can into them, and then you do like God do, does. You love them. And I don't mean condone what they're doing, but you love them through it. Some of us have learned that. <laughs> so we can only, you know what, that, and that kind of gets some of the pressure off of you to realize you only can do what you can do. You can only tell them. I can only tell y'all what to do. And then I, when I get out there through the week and hear you and you're talking all different from what? I'm like, did they hear anything I said? Same way with your kids. Did they ever listen? You know, it's funny. To, sometimes when you got kids, when they're small, you can kind of, you know, they grow up a little bit. You can kind of do little things. And then, but when they become older, then they start thinking more. Really? You know, we, and it's, listen, I'm gonna tell you what, I'm over 50, and I still have things to deal with. But you know what? That doesn't stop you from putting everything that you can into him. It doesn't stop God from putting everything he can into us. It doesn't stop you when you're reading the word of God. It's putting on the inside of you. But you know what you got to do? You got to water it with the Holy Spirit and let it come forth. (laughs) It's your responsibility to read the manual or the word and transform the way you think. Do you believe what you read? Or do you think, that's just, that's wonderful. Isn't that a wonderful scripture? And then you don't change it and You're just like, yeah, right. you really believe it, don't you? That's a wonderful song. It's just so wonderful. Listen. We have to transform our own way of thinking. We have to put the time into God's Word to do it. I can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. Right? But you. Well, I just don't understand why things start reading God's Word and changing the way you think about things, the way you talk, the way you you, you go about things. And I'm not saying this to say, well, you shouldn't help people. You help them all you can but you can only help so much, right? You can only do so much. And you have to feel like, okay, I've done. God, you tell me when I'm supposed to say something else. Because there's a time when you're ministering to somebody, you kind of have to back off a minute. Let them think about it. And then when it's time, when God says it's time, you step right back in and you can carry on. It's your responsibility. And the next thing a good soldier has to do and how we can be a good soldier is to endure anything. You mean anything? I mean anything. (laughs) 2 Timothy 2, verse 10 through 12. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Are you willing to do anything? Are you willing to suffer any kind of consequence like Paul did to bring the gospel? Even when he's in prison, he didn't stop. He kept writing to his followers and saying, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep doing it. This is a trustworthy saying. So he's getting ready to say something. Listen, guys. This is a trust. It's worthy of trust. If we die with him, we also live with him. Wow. Think about that. If we die with him, we also live with him. So if we, we pour that old person down in it and we rise up with you, we live with him. If we die with him, we live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. See, Paul spoke the truth in love. He's speaking to those that loved him. He's speaking to the ones that he loved. If we endure hardship, well, how many of you know that there ain't much of an if there? (laughs) There's some hardships to come. Some things that are tough. Some things that are hard. Some things that we don't really, with our finite mind, understand. And in the midst, see, I believe what he's saying, in the midst of that hardship, you don't deny God. Well, I'm having this hardship, so God's left me. Well, fool on you. No, you can't do that. No, no, no. You don't deny him. You, You know what you say? Lord, I know that you're here with me in the midst of this thing. And you show me the way, and I will do it. See, that's where if you have your mind transformed, if you have your way of thinking transformed, when things happen, you know where to go. And you know what to focus on. And that's that purpose and that vision and that thing he has for you to do. And you keep walking in that direction. And you're like, (sighs) But you know what? If you keep walking, even if you don't know where you're at, you'll eventually get there. I don't know where that came from, but hopefully it makes sense. Maybe from Darren. Darren told me about a dream. He said, i got to talk to you. And I said, what He said, I had a dream. See, I've told him, I don't remember a lot of my dreams, but in the last few months I've had a couple of frustrating. You ever had a frustrating dream? Well, I had a couple of times a frustrating dream. It might be because I told him about them, where I couldn't get in here to preach. I was in my office. I couldn't find my clothes. I couldn't find... <laughs> And I was walking around, and if somebody comes in, I said, you know where my clothes are? No, I don't know where the clothes are. <laughs> well, I can't go out there like this. Maybe the Lord was trying to tell me I wasn't prepared. I don't know. <laughs> well, Darren's telling me, he said, this, he said, I had a dream. I woke up from it. I went to the bathroom and came back, and I kept dreaming it. He said, I called him and said, you got to preach this morning. He said, what? It's like 9 o'clock or something. What are you talking about? Well, I ain't got no gas. He said, well, I ain't got none either. I said, well, you can walk because you're closer. (laughs) So he says he takes off walking, and about 9.45, he looks at his watch. He said, I don't even know where I'm at. There are overpasses around here. We don't got nothing like that between my house and the church. I think he woke up after that. (laughs) It's funny how our mind works, right? But he's here, and I'm here. so You know what? I will say this. I don't care where all this goes and how high the gas prices get, God will make a way for us to do what we got to do. Amen. So rest in that. Praise the Lord. Now I don't even know where I was now. Oh, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. You know what the word endure means? And this is kind of a military definition. It says to hold up under the pain and hardness. You mean I got, listen to this, don't flinch and don't sweat. You know, you've seen those, what is it in England, those guys that guard that thing and and people come by and try to make them move and they don't move. I don't know what they do, whether they super glue their eyes open or what. you got to be disciplined to do that, right? And they stand there, it says heat, if it's rain, if it's cold, and they don't move. Bear up, understand it like a good soldier. You mean I got to understand something? Understand that you are where God has you to be. And understand that you're going to get through this thing. You're going to get to the other side. You're going to get to where God wants you to get. get, But right now it's not going to be easy. Right? You know, it's that old song, I don't worry, I don't sweat. My God has never failed me yet. That's kind of what this is saying. Don't flinch. You know, one time we went to, years ago, to, um, I think it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, to one of the, um, what was that men's thing they used to have? The Promise Keepers. Anybody remember Promise Keepers? And we drove to Nashville, I mean in Knoxville, Tennessee. And we decided to go on, what's that place we've been before? I don't remember the name, of it. but it's like an 11-mile stretch, and once you get on it, you got to keep going. You can't turn around. What? No, not Blue Ridge Parkway. It's um something, but it's like got historical things. It's like a reserve. But anyway, we well, some of us guys decided to ride up there too because it's not that far away, and we go up there, and we go down to this creek. Well, here comes a. Mama Bear and her Cubs, right across the creek. And we're trying to get pictures. And one of the guys with us said, we got to go. I said, well, he said, because Mama's done perked her ears up. And when she does that, she's coming. I was like, okay. So we kind of <laughs> snuck back to the car and left. We, he said, don't flinch, don't run, don't scream, don't cry, don't do anything. Just get back to the car as, easy, as quickly as you can. And we did. I'm here. So you can't flinch. You can't. Don't sweat. That's that's a hard one for people like me, because you know we sweat just because we can, sometimes. Especially in Nicaragua, you just sweat because you're there. (laughs) Wow. Hold up under the pain and hardness. Don't flinch and don't sweat. James one. 12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptations. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to them. Wow. So there's reward in enduring, right? Patiently. Now, you know, he just had to add that word patiently in it, right? That means not running around screaming and hollering at everybody and you're patiently just sitting there just enduring that's not easy right there are times when things aren't easy to do that you know it's easy to be patient when nothing's going on but it's hard when there's things when there are things going on testing and temptation First Corinthians thirteen seven says, "Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance." Now, now we try to think, well, that's God. He, he, he's talking about me and you too. And you know what that love is? Is that's the love for God and for others around you. That kind of love never gives up, right? You never give up on your. Children, you never give up on your spouse, hopefully. You never, it says this kind of love, it doesn't give up and it never loses faith. It never loses the faith that God has put in. Guess what? God is my father, God is my daddy. And I'll never lose faith in that. I don't care what goes on. Somebody, well, look what happened. Well, it happened. But that doesn't change the fact of who I am, or who I am in Him. Love never gives up, love never loses faith, and is always hopeful. Oh, that's a big one right there, right? Always hopeful. Because a lot of people don't have any hope. Well, when your hope is in the wrong thing, it's easy to lose it. But when your hope is in Jesus Christ, because see, the hope there is that no matter what happens, we win. We win. My hope is. It's built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. That's where my hope is. My hope is in him. It's not in what I can do or can't do or what anybody else can do or anybody else can't do. It's not in what I'm going to get out of it or not get out of it. It's in him. You know, I've even heard people say, well, I hope I go to heaven. Well, you're in trouble. You need to know that you know that you know that you know. Let you know again, because when your hope is in Jesus Christ, we can make it, right? No matter what happens. Hebrews ten thirty six says, "Patient endurance is what you need now, not next week, not yesterday, right now." What kind of endurance? Patient endurance. He said those who patiently endure. So that you will continue to do God's will. See, if you have to be patiently endure so you continue to do God's will. Through all those things, you continue to do God's will. You know, it's awesome to see people that have been in the faith longer than I've been alive. And they're continually going on. They're continually going forward. They're not stopping. They have patiently endured a lot of stuff. You know, most of us, we don't know what everybody around us is enduring or has endured. Right? I mean, mean, sometimes you just don't. You see somebody say, well, they're so happy. Why are they so happy? They don't ever have nothing go wrong. No, I don't think so. They just know where their peace is. They know who their God is. Right? They know where they're patient in, in endurance. They don't have to. They don't flinch and they don't sweat. They might, you might not see all that they're going through. And I think that a person that's walking the way out to you shouldn't see everything that they're going through. Shouldn't be, uh, what's that little, the sky's falling down? Chicken little. Chicken little. I've been around some chicken littles, and the sky's falling all the time. Unfortunately, you know, you get to where like, oh, well, there they are. Let's go on the other side of the street. <laughs> but you know what? we got to minister to them too. we got to speak the word to them too. <laughs> we got to be Christ to all people. Then it says, Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Listen, when we endure to the end, till he comes back, till we go to heaven, then we receive all he has promised. And do you know what that is? That's awesome. That's awesomeness. We'll receive all that he has for us. Eternal life. Living forever without all this other stuff going on. Doing whatever it is he has for us to do. Wow. See, I look forward to that. Amen? I look forward to that time. That doesn't mean I usurp, usurp what I'm supposed to be doing now. That doesn't, mean I don't, that doesn't mean I slack off. That just means that when I come to that point, it's going to be glorious. I thought it was good before then, but guess what? It's going to really be good then. Wow. You know, we won't be concerned about gas or houses or anything. You know, when we let things distract us, I think I'm going to wrap it up today with this. Um, Just so these guys will know what I'm doing. You know, there are little teeny things that can distract you and, and make you be concerned. Make things not go as well. And if you let them be, you know what that means. If you just leave them alone, they'll eventually tear up. Well, my truck, I only have 351,000 miles on it, so it shouldn't be doing anything wrong. But lately I've had this noise, and then it started to vibrate. And when I'd be coming down the road, and, and uh, I'd have it on cruise, and i go down the hill, go, and I'd like, man, what is that? And I already checked a bunch of things on it. Already right, took it to my friends, jacked it up, but anyway, I took it. I called him Thursday, Friday morning. I said, "Look, if you have an opening on one of your racks, I need some time." He said, "Yeah, come on. We're we're really good friends. We've been friends since high school. We both got saved around the same time, and anyway, he's a little bit three years older than I am. But anyway, he, we got to looking, and it was one of my suspects before, but I could never get it to do. There's we had, cars have universal joints and you know you can usually wiggle them and you can tell there's a lot of loose motion but there wasn't so we jacked it up there was a little bit and whenever you gave it gas you could see it and it was right at the hog's head y'all know what the hog's head is? no it's the rear end part that's what I call the hog's head because it looks kind of like a pig and we took it apart took the drive chef out took the U joint out we checked the other ones they were fine We took that U-joint out, and there's four sides to it. It's like a cross. And two of them, the little bearings in them are like, what, down the size of a pencil lead or something maybe? Maybe, maybe not even that big. Two of them didn't hardly have any. They ground down. Look how much that, those little teeny things compared to this pickup made such a difference. And if I had let it go, I'd have probably been on 485 somewhere and I would have been calling AAA. Come pick me up. All right, worse than that, I'd have been in between here and the church on one of these country roads. <laughs> so those little things made such a difference. Those teeny, tiny, little things made such a difference. I will say this. Romans 5, 3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that, and I'll start back on this next week, we know that they help us develop endurance. So we don't rejoice for the trial, but we do rejoice for the endurance that we develop through the trial. Because when we come to that same thing next time, we have more of a clue to what to do. It just rhymes good. You know, um, we all... You know, there's there's a saying... That I like, and it's in it to win it. Well, guess what? We're in it to win it because Jesus has already won it for us. I do want to say a couple of things, and um, I guess Darren will come up and give you a couple of announcements. and He's going to mention this, but I want to encourage you to be here Friday night if you at all can. God's got some awesome stuff in store for us. We're going to be worshiping Him, we're going to be praying. Um, it, it's somehow the last. Time we had one of them, there were things that we needed to pray for and that came up in the nation, and now there's something else, and we need to be praying for it. And we can pray, not that we can't pray alone, but we pray together. We pull our pools together. And then we also have something, we have at least two baptisms. I have a baptism. This is, you know, to me, it's awesome. You know, sometimes I don't know what to say when I think about how good God is and how He even has me here serving Him. You know, um, we should all desire to be a good soldier. I think when people first do that, that's what they have in their hearts. I want to be a good soldier. I want to be a good soldier for Christ. I don't ever want to stop. I don't ever want to back up. I want to always be a good soldier. But you cannot do that unless you read the manual. And you put it into practice. Right? You put it into practice. And so many times we want to skip the reading of the manual. Especially us guys. Oh, I know what to do. I, had, I got a faucet in, in, in my bath. It's been there ever since our house has been there. 20 something years and it broke well it's an odd it's kind of made odd because there's no screws on it to get it off you have to know how to get it off anyway I put it back together and it was st- it was just loose and I, well guess what I put one little washer in the wrong spot took it out put it back together and I did that yesterday and it's fine did I do that yesterday I'm trying to remember what all I did yesterday I would I cut bushes yesterday. I trimmed thorn thorn bush roses. They're basically thorn bushes to me. But they get pretty. But we got to read the manual, guys. We got to read the playbook. If we want to know what to do. If we want to know how to endure, we've got to read the Word and we've got to proclaim it and put it forth and speak it out the way it should be. And I'm going to talk more about this next week, but you know what? We've got to watch this mouth. When I think about when you're raising your kids, how much times I should have watched my mouth sometimes and I didn't. But if we become disciplined in the words, we'll know how to watch our mouth. Even working around people. (laughs) Let's stand this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. God is so good, and I love him so much. You know what? Some people say, well, isn't it hard? I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. Even though if I'd have carried on with my whatever, it probably would have been easier. Probably not because I'd have been out of the will of God, and it would have been tough. But I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has in store for us. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us a plan book. You've given us a manual. You've given us your word that tells us what to do, how to do, and when to do it. And if we would just follow it, put it into practice, then when things come, we know what to do. We know how to stand. So, Father, I thank you for that. And I give you praise and glory now. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this word today... Is go out forth anointed and even from this day forward, when people click in and and listen to it, it will change their hearts, change their lives. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. Thank you for your many blessings. Lord, I just lift this country up to you. I lift up the country of Ukraine and I thank you, Lord, for touching it and doing what you need to do. Thank you for your many blessings, Father God. Thank you for your word. And I give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Y'all have a blessed rest of the day and a blessed week. Amen.